Section 34 of Stories from the Operas by Gladys Davidson. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Wilkie Mills. Verdi, Ernani. In the wild mountainous districts of Aragon, in the year 1519, a large company of bandits and mountaineer rebels were gathered together one day in their stronghold, for they had been summoned thither at the command of their chief, who, though in reality a noble fallen under the ban of the king of Castile, was known to them only by the name of Hernani. These lawless folk gave their leader unquestioning obedience and loyal service, for Ernani had won their fierce hearts, not only by his noble and commanding presence, but by his just dealings, his faithful heart, and his unimpeachable honor. Never had the bandits known their chief to break his word, to betray a friend, or to deceive even an enemy and it was with eager sympathy that they now listened to his appeal for their help. Hernani told them that he had conceived a passion for a certain beautiful lady of Aragon, whose name was Elvira, and who returned his love, since they had already met on several occasions, but, unhappily for the lovers, Elvira had been betrothed against her will to Don Silva, a grandee of Spain, who, though advancing in years, was so eager to be united to her that he had already found means to convey her to his castle, where the nuptials were to be celebrated next day. The bandit chief implored the help of his friends to rescue this fair lady from her unhappy position, and to assist him to carry her off from the castle, and the merry rebels gladly agreed to do so. Having thus made his arrangements with his followers, Hernani betook himself to the castle of Don Silva, where he managed to effect an entrance unobserved, and then, concealing himself in an alcove near the apartments of Elvira, he awaited a suitable moment for revealing himself to her. The captive Elvira was in a most unhappy state of mind, for though her bandit lover had assured her that he would rescue her from her fate, she feared lest he should come too late. As the day wore on, Don Silva was called away for a time, and during his absence, Elvira was surprised and dismayed by an unexpected visit from the young King Carlos of Spain, who, though she knew him to have professed admiration for her, she had hoped would be too much engaged with the conspiracies and difficulties arising upon his recent accession to the throne to find time to press his attentions further. The young king, however, could not quell his youthful passion so easily, and knowing that Elvira was at the castle of Don Silva, he had made this surprise visit in order to declare his love for her, and even to invite her to share his throne. But Elvira's heart was already given to Hernani, and she begged the king not to press his suit further, since she could not love him, and this reply enraged Carlos, who had heard of her preference for the banded chief, so that he seized her by the hand and would have compelled her to follow him had not her cry for help quickly brought forth Hernani from the alcove. 
An angry altercation now took place between the rivals, but, as they were about to engage with their swords, Elvira flung herself between the pair and besought them to desist. At this moment, Don Silva returned, and was filled with grief and indignation at thus finding his betrothed speaking with two lovers in her apartment, and calling for his weapons, he furiously challenged both the intruders, vowing vengeance for the insult. The royal attendants, however, now arrived on the scene, and when Don Silva thus discovered that it was his king whom he had challenged, and addressed so cavalierly, he was filled with dismay, and knelt for pardon. Carlos, who was at that time eager for the support of his chief nobles, could not well refuse, but as he departed, he warned Ernani to fly from his wrath, since it was his intention to exterminate the bandit hordes of which he was the chief. Alvira now begged her lover to escape whilst he could, assuring him that she would remain faithful to their love until he could return and claim her as his own, and since Ernani's honor would not permit him to desert his bandit friends in their hour of peril, he was thus compelled to leave her, though with many misgivings. The rebels and bandits, however, met with no success, for the king pursued them with pitiless zeal, and did not rest until he had dispersed the band, and presently a report of Ernani's death was brought to Elvira, who was filled with despair at the news. In spite of her grief, however, she was compelled to listen to the suit of Don Silva once more, and upon the old nobleman now insisting upon her fulfilling her betrothal with him, she was thus forced to consent, being too much dazed and overcome with grief for the loss of her lover to resist. All arrangements for the celebration of the nuptials were accordingly made, and on the day of the wedding splendid festivities were held at Don Silva's castle. But Ernani was not dead, though he had been for some time a fugitive, and having at last made his way back to the neighborhood of his beloved Elvira, and hearing of revels to be held at the castle, though he knew not the cause, he disguised himself as a poor pilgrim, and asked for admittance and hospitality. Don Silva, who took a pride in his hospitality to high and low alike, gave the pilgrim welcome, treating him as an honored guest, and inviting him to join in the festivities. He informed him that they were in honor of his own marriage, which was about to be celebrated. At this moment the bridal party entered the hall, accompanied by a gorgeous train of pages, high-born ladies, and grandees of Spain, and, to his utter woe, Ernani saw that the bride was none other than Elvira herself. Filled with anger and despair at her seeming unfaithfulness, Ernani flung aside his pilgrim's robe, and recklessly revealed himself to the company demanding to be given up to the king for execution, since he no longer desired to live. Don Silva, however, though furious at the intrusion of his hated rival, refused to give him up to justice, declaring that it was a particular point in his code of honor to regard the person of one whom he had received as his guest as sacred from harm or betrayal. With these proud words the old noble retired with his followers to give directions for the extra guarding of his castle, 
fearing lest a party of fugitive bandits might be lurking near their leader. Enani and Elvira were thus left alone for a few moments, and as her angry lover began to pour forth reproachful words upon her, the unhappy lady related to him how he had been reported to her as dead, and how she had been compelled to accept Don Silva's suit, declaring, however, that it had been her intention to destroy herself afterwards. Finding, therefore, that Elvira's heart was still faithful to him, Ernani clasped her in his arms once more, and the wretched pair bemoaned their sad fate together, knowing that they were in great peril. At this moment Don Silva returned to the hall, and thus, seeing that Elvira still loved the proscribed bandit, his jealousy was roused again, and he vowed vengeance upon Ernani. When, however, the proud bandit declared once more that he was willing to die, Don Silva still refused to give him up, hoping for a more subtle and terrible revenge. The attendants now announced that the king and a company of soldiers were clamoring at the gates for admission, and when Ernani had been hastily concealed in a secret chamber, and Elvira had retired to her own apartment, Don Carlos was admitted. The young king announced that he had scattered the bandit hordes, and now sought their chief, and adding that he had tracked Ernani to Castle Silva, he sternly demanded that he should be delivered up to him. This command Don Silva stubbornly refused to carry out, whereupon the king gave orders for the castle to be searched. The soldiers, however, being unacquainted with the secret chamber, were unable to find the bandit, and then Carlos, furious at being defied, declared that if Hernani's head were not forthcoming, he would take Don Silva's. Whilst the nobleman was still protesting against betraying one who had been his guest, hoping thus to reserve Hernani for a more cruel fate, Elvira hastily entered the hall, and falling on her knees before the king, she besought him not to engage in strife, but to have mercy on his foes. On beholding the beautiful Elvira again, the king's suppressed love for her burned fiercely once more, and taking her gently by the hand, he declared that he would now hold her as a hostage for the good faith of Don Silva, until Hernani should be delivered up to him. It was in vain that Don Silva protested against such a proceeding, and the weeping Elvira was at once taken away by the king to his palace. When Ernani was at length led forth from his hiding-place, and learned that his beloved one was held as a hostage by the king, he was furious, and now regarding Don Silva as a companion in misfortune, he offered to join him in a scheme of vengeance against Carlos, who was their mutual enemy and rival in the affections of Elvira, regarding his life, however, as forfeited to Silva, to whom he was grateful for having protected him so long, Ernani declared his willingness to die whenever his rival should desire it, and as a pledge of his solemn promise he gave the nobleman his hunting-horn, saying, quote, By this token, in the hour when thou wilt have Ernani perish, sound this horn, and I shall know it is the hour for me to die. Close quote. Don Silva, 
thus recognizing that he had ernani in his power gladly accepted him as a colleague in taking vengeance on the king and the pair immediately sought out a band of conspirators who were at that time seeking to assassinate carlos who had not yet been unanimously accepted as king and offered to join them in their enterprise they were eagerly welcomed by the conspirators and it was arranged that they should meet on a certain day in the catacombs of aguisgrano and by drawing lots decide who should strike the fatal blow meanwhile carlos had received information that a conspiracy had been formed against him and as he was now almost certain of being accepted as king by the majority of the people he bravely determined to face his secret foes and denounce them he therefore bade his esquire to cause three salutes of cannon to be sounded should he be accepted as king at the final meeting of electors to be held that day that he might be sure of his regal power before denouncing his foes and he also gave orders for the ministers of state together with the lady elvira to be brought to him in the conspirators meeting-place he then made his way alone to the catacombs of aguisgrano and took up a position beside the mausoleum of his illustrious father charles the great and here many solemn and noble thoughts passed through the mind of the young prince the sacred responsibility of his high position impressed itself upon him for the first time so that a sense of his own frailty and weakness made him humbly conscious of his utter dependence upon a higher power than his own and he solemnly registered a vow that if his kingship should be accepted that day he would forego the careless pleasures and passions of youth and devote himself loyally to the service of his country and people and thereby win for himself a glorious name and virtues quote, crown of deathless fame close quote. having made this sacred resolve the young king now concealed himself in the royal mausoleum from whence he could see and hear all that passed without being observed and a few minutes later the conspirators entered all wrapped in long dark cloaks don silva and ernani had established themselves as the leaders and after reciting their hatred of the monarchy they drew lots for the privilege of killing the young carlos the name drawn was that of ernani and don silva greatly disappointed entreated the bandit to resign the right in his favor ernani however refused to forego his privilege and in spite of silva's angry warnings that his vengeance should quickly follow he firmly declared that he alone should kill his royal rival just as the lot had been thus decided the conspirators were startled by the sound of a cannon-shot repeated three times from the fortress of the city and this being the signal for don carlos he stepped forth from the mausoleum with a stern and regal air at the same moment there entered from another door six electors and the ministers of state followed by royal pages who bore the crown and regalia and after these came a retinue of splendidly dressed lords and ladies amongst whom was the pale and drooping elvira 
at the bidding of the electors the crown was placed upon the head of the young king and he was solemnly hailed as the sovereign and carlos with equally dignified solemnity accepted the charge laid upon him then turning to the discomforted conspirators he exposed their plot and denouncing them as traitors he condemned the nobles to the block and the plebeians to prison ernani was herded with the latter but refusing to bear such an insult he now disclosed his true identity as a duke of ancient family and haughtily claimed the death of an aristocrat carlos readily granted this plea but elvira in despair at thus losing her lover for ever fell on her knees and passionately implored the king to pardon ernani adding as her plea quote, virtue sublime is mercy in kings Close quote. as carlos listened to the pleading voice of the beautiful elvira he was reminded of the sacred vow he had so recently made and desiring to win the affection of his people by ruling them with love and clemency he now magnanimously proclaimed a gracious pardon for all the conspirators further than this he steadfastly quelled the longings of his youthful heart and resigned all further thoughts of elvira and knowing that her love was given to ernani he declared it to be his royal will that the pair should be united so the faithful lovers were wedded at last and ernani and his fair bride retired to the ex-bandit's ducal palace where a noble company had assembled to bid them welcome and join in the bridal festivities but amongst the merry company of wedding guests there glided a masked stranger who greeted no one and held himself aloof from all and this was none other than don silva who less noble than his king was consumed with fierce jealousy at the happiness of his favored rival and had now come to indulge in a cruel vengeance when the guests had departed and ernani and his bride were alone they embraced each other with great joy thankful that their troubles were over and wondering at the unexpected happiness which lay before them but suddenly they were startled by the loud lingering blast of a hunting horn ernani became pale as death and his heart stiffened with horror for he remembered his vow to don silva and knew that this was the signal for him to die elvira was filled with alarm at his altered looks but ernani declared that he was unwell and bade her fetch him a cordial that in her absence he might brace himself for his fearful act full of grief that his cup of happiness should be thus snatched from him as he was about to enjoy it he thought wildly for a moment of escape but just as he was about to follow elvira don silva himself entered the room and calmly bade him fulfil the solemn promise he had made adding with fiendish triumph that one so nobly born and of such high character could not stoop to forswear himself well did ernani know this for never yet had he broken his word to any living soul nor could his high sense of honor permit him to do so now just as he drew his dagger however elvira returned to the room 
and now hearing of the fearful compact which had been made between the two rivals for her hand she knelt before don silva and besought him with distracted sobs to release her beloved husband from his vow but don silva had steeled his heart to withstand this piteous appeal and coldly announced that he awaited the fulfilment of his rival's vow and ernani knowing well that he could expect no mercy from such a remorseless foe and too proud to tarnish his honourable name by forswearing himself clasped the weeping elvira in a last embrace then quickly grasping his dagger he resolutely stabbed himself to the heart, faithful to the fatal promise he had made. And as Elvira, with a terrible cry of woe, fell senseless beside him, he expired, and Don Silva's vengeance was accomplished. End of section thirty four.